It's December 7th, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Kotnor. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. The New Straits Times is reporting that China announced the most sweeping changes to its tough anti-COVID regime earlier today. The relaxation of rules, which includes allowing infected people with mild or no symptoms to quarantine at home, and dropping testing for people traveling within the country, are the strongest sign yet that Beijing is preparing its 1.4 billion people to live with the disease. The announcement came after President Xi Jinping who regards China's relentless fight against COVID-19 as one of his main achievements, chaired a meeting of the Communist Party's Politburo yesterday. But the looser approach has set off a rush for preventative drugs as some residents, particularly the unvaccinated elderly, feel more vulnerable to the virus. Authorities across the country have warned of tight supplies and price gouging from retailers in recent days. Moments before recording, police have arrested 25 suspected members or supporters of a domestic terrorist organization aiming to topple the German state, according to Deutsche Welle. Officials said the network, which has ties to the Reichsberger movement, was already well-established with a concrete plan to overthrow the German state by force and install a new government. The Reichsberger movement argues that the German constitution prior to World War II was never properly nullified and that the formation of the former West Germany in 1949 and now reunified Germany was therefore never valid. Al Jazeera is reporting that the M23 rebel group says it's ready to withdraw from occupied territory in eastern Democratic Republic of Congo and will support regional peacemaking efforts despite not being represented in talks. However, the AFP news agency and local sources reported continuing clashes taking place between Congolese troops and M23 fighters near Goma, in North Kivu province. Kenyatta facilitated the latest round of peace talks aimed at ending the conflict, which concluded in Kenya yesterday. Representatives of around 50 armed groups active in the volatile, mineral-rich Eastern Democratic Republic of Congo attended, but M23 was absent. The rebel group was excluded after it failed to withdraw and disarm by the ceasefire deadline. Peace talks aimed at ending the conflict are due to continue in January. Elsewhere, the AP is reporting that Argentine Vice President Cristina Fernandez was convicted and sentenced Tuesday to six years in prison and a lifetime ban from holding public office for a fraud scheme that embezzled $1 billion through public works projects during her presidency. A three-judge panel found the Peronist leader guilty of fraud, but rejected a charge of running a criminal organization for which the sentence could have been 12 years in prison. It was the first time an Argentine vice president has been convicted of a crime while in office. Fernandez lashed out at the verdict, describing herself as the victim of a judicial mafia, but she also later announced that she would not run next year for the presidency 
a post she previously held in 2007 through 2015. The sentence isn't firm until appeals are decided, a process that could take years. She will remain immune from arrest, meanwhile. The capital of Ethiopia's Tigray region, Mekele, has been reconnected to the national power grid after more than a year of cuts caused by war, the country's electricity operator has said. Kenya's The Nation reports that the announcement came a month after a peace deal between the federal government and Tigrayan rebels aimed at ending a brutal two-year conflict and humanitarian crisis in northern Ethiopia. The power control center in Mekele and its line were connected to the national power grid after repair work was finished, Ethiopian Electric Power said in a statement. Access to and communications in Tigray are limited or banned, and it is impossible to independently verify the situation on the ground. On November 2nd, the government and the TPLF signed an agreement in South Africa aimed at ending the hostilities, withdrawing and disarming Tigrayan fighters, restoring federal government authority, and reopening access to the region. According to the New Zealand Herald, a high court judge has ruled in favor of health authorities who sought court guardianship of a gravely ill baby boy after his parents refused a blood transfusion and instead wanted a court order to receive blood from exclusively unvaccinated donors. Justice Ann Galt delivered his ruling on the contentious case after a lengthy hearing the previous day where Health New Zealand and Sue Gray, representing the parents, locked horns in the high court at Auckland as anti-vax protesters gathered outside. Justice Galt ordered the baby who has automatic suppression Justice Galt ordered the baby who has automatic suppression to be placed under the guardianship of the court from the date of the order until completion of his surgery and post-operative recovery to address obstruction to the outflow tract of his right ventricle and at least until January 31, 2023. His ruling said the baby's parents remain the legal guardians aside from the medical matters covered in the order. The judgment requires two Starship Hospital doctors to at all times keep the parents informed of their baby's condition and treatment. The BBC reports that at least 155 people have been injured after two trains collided on the outskirts of Barcelona, emergency services have said. The crash, which occurred around 7.50 a.m., took place at the station in Spain's northeastern Catalonia region. Local media reported that the trains had been traveling in the same direction and collided while one was parked at the station. Catalan police are investigating how the incident occurred. Emergency services official Joan Carles Gomez told reporters at the scene that 155 people had been injured in the collision, with 14 passengers transferred to a local medical center for further treatment. Mr. Gomez said the train was moving very slowly when the collision occurred, but people who were standing up fell over and hurt themselves. Train traffic was briefly disrupted on several lines due to the incident, the regional government said. In lighter news from the UPI, firefighters in Iowa were summoned to a doggy day camp, but arrived to find the fire alarm had accidentally been pulled by a canine camper. 
Dogwood's Lodge in Grimes said a dog named Bertie had trouble containing her excitement when she arrived for day camp on Friday. Security camera footage from the facility shows Bertie excitedly jumping on a wall and pulling the fire alarm. Dogwood's Lodge posted a photo in Facebook showing the canine wearing a sign reading, Dear Grimes Fire Department, I'm sorry that I pulled the fire alarm today. Sincerely, Bertie. The fire department responded on Facebook, saying Bertie was forgiven. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. Last weekend, I spoke with Josh Kurlancic of the Council on Foreign Relations about protests in China. If you aren't a member, go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.